Welcome to another edition of the No Apology Podcast. I am your host, Shaquille. To the left of me, I have my brother Chris. What's good? Um, I want y'all to excuse us for the delay. We were supposed to uh, be really consistent and frequent with this. Uh, the last episode we actually recorded was when the first presidential debate had happened, and the audio was terrible, so... I couldn't release that audio, and um, later on in that week, as I was trying to figure out a plan as far as releasing, um, my other co-host, Ox, he announced that he was leaving, and he won't be a part of No Apology anymore for his own personal reasons, and we wish him nothing but the best. And actually, the last week that just passed, we had went to Miami, uh, me and Chris and another one of my boys. So we just were trying to figure out a plan on what we were going to do, and we figured it out. Uh, so we're still here rocking and rolling, and that's, that's just how we're going to carry it. So let's, let's, let's get into these topics, though. So first things first, a Tory and Meg update. Um, the news has come out that Tory has been charged with uh, the shooting of Megan Thee Stallion. Uh, he's facing a one felony count, each of assault with a semi-automatic firearm, personal use of a firearm, and carrying a loaded, unregistered firearm in the vehicle. Yeah, I don't. I don't. A lot of people were like, "I told you." I told you. <laughs> this don't mean anything, though. This is just the process that has to happen. The court process. In order for things to be handled on a legal basis. She has made her claim. He has made his claim now. So both parties need to go to court. And we really about to hear what's really happened. <laughs> and when you're charged for something, that just means the government is charging you for the whatever you're accused of doing. When you're convicted of something... That's that's what come next, the conviction of, you know, whether he did it or didn't do it. And I'm going to continue to preach on my personal behalf that I'm on the everybody else is really on. It seems like, you know, the com not common, but like the regular folk are on the side of who's right. I want to stand on the side of what's right. Ethics, you know, say that. We can't believe one side of the story. We have to hear all the sides of the story. And this is one of those situations where we don't have all the sides of the story. So we can't really make a decision because Tori can be lying and Meg could be lying. We're not saying that either one of them are lying. But until we have the full story, it's it's not fair to try to decipher who's telling the truth here. Now, if I'm going to leave it to the simple-minded people to argue with people that they don't know on the internet about celebrities that they don't know <laughs> i'll leave that to y'all real shit you know respectfully but i'm on the end of just trying to move on what's right and that's where we're gonna leave that because we don't have any other information as of yet uh he's also been told to stay away from her no contact none of that if he is convicted for this and it comes out that he did, in fact, shoot her, he is a clown for that. I'm going to acknowledge that on this podcast. If he if he did do that and they have proof that he did that, he is completely a clown. <laughs> completely a clown, especially for putting an album out and, you know, lying. In the words of the boy Maul from the Joe Button podcast, he's going to be a sucker for yeah, that shit. He's going to be a smooth sucker. Like, sucker shit. Under no circumstance should you feel threatened by the woman to be able to shoot that woman. Right. Now, of course, we stated numerous times, we all about the truth. It's hard to kind of say you picking a side, whether you're on Tory's side or on Meg's side, but the side that I say I'm sticking to is the side of the truth. And what I want to say is once we get more information and once the pieces come together, don't be surprised if Tory really ain't shoot this girl. <laughs> like mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. Like Don't be yeah. surprised. Like Let the details play out how it's going to play out because he definitely made some strong claims, you know, 
as far as this whole shit being a hoax. Yeah. <laughs> this shit not even really being what it is. And a lot of times, sometimes things can really seem how it is, like point blank period. He just shot her, but maybe it really isn't what it really sounds like. And that's what I'm curious to find out. I'm not picking a side versus, you know, if he did it or he didn't do it, but I am curious to find out how that how that shit goes though. Yeah, and the the trial is still pending, so you know, that's just where we you know can leave that situation. But um yeah, let's get into this Miami trip cuz we went on we went to Miami uh last weekend. <laughs> we was out in uh Dade County. Shout out to Wade <laughs> County. It felt good being out there, especially especially out them Lakers. Yeah. Got that championships out there. <laughs> wait, wait, a, a now we talking about we bringing up all the topics at once. <laughs> I'm gonna slow down. I'm gonna slow down. I'm gonna slow down. Bring up all the I topics at once. <laughs> so, you know, we know that it's COVID and you know Florida was all, you know, they were one of the top whatever states that were high in cases and stuff. But everybody takes their trips or whatever for their own reasons. I was never the type of person to, uh, well, let me just say I wasn't going out to Miami to be a thought box. I wasn't trying <laughs> to be, a, I wasn't trying to be a hoe. You feel me? I I was at a point where I just needed the mental time i needed that space and miami was perfect because when we was out there it felt like we was <laughs> in another country low key definitely definitely was in a, diff- a different type of mental space too just yeah. i felt free you know like i, I posted tranquility and that's yeah. definitely how i felt like yeah. just in a tranquil state of mind yeah. and just away from everything distractions and at, at the time we were out there, I didn't have a care in the world. <laughs> and that was my first guy's trip. That was my first real guy's trip. You know what I'm saying? At 20, I'm 27. I just turned 27. That was my first guy's trip. And it was it was good for the mind. I will say that. I, I felt refreshed, rejuvenated. It was well needed. It don't matter how much money I lost. To me, I got away from everything that was bothering me mentally and like i said even with like the departure of ox and trying to figure out what we were going to do that was a, it was a lot of stress on me with that so it was just like damn I, i'm grateful for this time with my brothers and yeah it, it was cool i mean i think the difference with you know couples trips and then like doing it with just your homies like you gonna miss your girl like that's that yeah that's that's the part that's gonna hit you because at a time during the guys trip you, you, y'all gonna chill y'all gonna be at the Airbnb the hotel or wherever the resort wherever y'all at for that little split ten minutes you are gonna get lonely yeah, like you gonna feel lonely. let me text my girl see what she doing real quick <laughs> let me call her like <laughs> let me call her check on her <laughs> so yeah like that was that was definitely it was a lot of moments there for us and I just think like. It was funny. I, I thought it was really funny to like see the difference when like you're used to doing things with your girl or like always doing things. Like I said again, this was my first guy's trip, so it's like I'm used to always, you know, having that companion with me or next to me, and that shit was just different. Like, yeah, because it's a lot. Like now you just with your guys, you know, guys, we ain't gonna argue too much. What we gonna eat? We all gonna eat. But when you with your girl, you know. Yeah, that's gonna be an argument right there. That's gonna be the first thing. What, right. what y'all eating? Then right. when you get there, you know you're gonna spend a hefty time. <laughs> you can't yeah. take your girl on a trip yeah. and not make her feel good with the eats, right? But when you with your boys, you know you don't gotta worry about yourself. <laughs> you, got, you paying for everything twice. Yeah, twice though. That's a twice. double charge. And let's not forget, we rented the Yesler. So <laughs> if you were if you was going out there with your girl, you definitely would have been paying for that. You know what I'm saying Dolo. That's <laughs> you know a different mean? type of ride, first the, of the, all. The Yesla. We had the Yesla out there, boy. What was your experience? Because I, I test driven the Tesla before that, but like, what was your experience with that? All right, so this is my first experience. Um, So I knew about like electric cars and shit like that, but this was a totally different type of experience. Like, um, the Tesla, you don't even hear that shit when it's on, first of all. <laughs> 
And then I'm a type of guy, like, I like the little interior technology, touchscreen type of vibe. And that's all it is to the test this one big-ass touchscreen in the middle. It was even one time I was driving that drove, somebody pulled over. It's like, yo, bro, you paid to get that screen in there? <laughs> they thought you paid. I'm like, nah, it, it just came like that, big bro. <laughs> I let him know. But it's just a completely different driving experience from driving a, a gas powered vehicle with a motor and everything like that to driving an electric car where you have to charge the battery to get on the road. It's just a completely smoother drive. And you could quote me on this. It's the safest car I ever drove in my the life. Safest the safest. Car. It got the brake assistance. So when you as soon as you pull your foot off the gas, the car is stopping. It's gonna come to a complete stop. You don't even when it comes to a complete stop, you don't even have to hold the brake. You could have your feet off of everything, and it's dead. It's not moving. It's at not all. gonna move. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that was a that was a fun experience with that car, bro. Like, and I ain't even really drive it that much. Like y'all was really driving it more than I did because I really just was just I was in love with the experience itself and. Yeah, man, that that car is just. <laughs> I ain't even want to come back home and drive my Honda. Like, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I did not want to do that. It just goes to show you how much like technology is really tra- uh, changing, and I wouldn't be surprised if soon we start seeing flying cars out this road. Right. Right. I swore when we was out there, I seen a Tesla boat. <laughs> like, I don't know if Tesla got a boat. If somebody but... would have told us <laughs> that that boat out there was a Tesla made boat. We would have believed it. Yeah, it had to be. We would have believed it. <laughs> Definitely would have believed it. But um, it was me, Chris, and my other boy, Gene. Shout out my brother, Gene. You know, and Chris is a Lakers fan. And Gene happened to be a Miami Heat fan. So these guys was just going at it the whole trip. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we had to watch two playoff games together. <laughs> like, And it was hectic. Like, it was hectic. It was a lot of trash talk going on, bets made. Like it was it was just funny as hell to actually see two people that I know that are real fans of these teams like just talking like and I, it was it was just it was fun to to be able to be out there and watching the games and you know seeing the people how they reacting after the games and the the partying and all that stuff. Not like partying part like that cuz it was still COVID. And that's another thing, too, with COVID. Miami wasn't, like, the typical Miami how you would think. Like, at nighttime, you know, Collins Ave and Miami Beach, all that stuff was pretty much shut down at a certain time. Like, Yeah, so if you plan on going to Miami right now, just know they got that curfew out. Mm-hmm. They shutting everything down by, like, 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, you know, hindered our trip a little bit, too, when we did kind of want to go out on the late nights. Yeah. But all in all, like Shaq said, you know, it was definitely a dope trip. Um, just the the weather. It was mixy weather too. Uh but it's Miami, Florida weather, so you know it could rain. Yeah. So we did have them little scattered thunderstorms and things like that. But it was dope, man. It was still way better than here because once we came back, <laughs> shit, back to this shitty <laughs> Jersey went, weather. Moon <laughs> went down. Like you just appreciated where you came from. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I encourage anybody like you know, you don't have to, like, take a trip, like, you know, but just do something that, you know, when your environment is kind of, like, overwhelming to you, like, find something that you can do, like, whether it's, you know, taking some time off of work or, you know, reading a book or, like, walking every day, like, just do something, implement something into your, you know, life pattern to try to like combat that overwhelming feeling, that feeling, because like that, I, I'm gonna say it again, that trip was just like well worth it for me. A few recommendations too, because the, the trip is needed. Yeah. Especially, I know it's COVID 19, people don't wanna travel, but you've been in your house for how many months now? Right. <laughs> like, you gotta get away and you gotta see some things and just be safe. Like, plane, be safe. Your hotel, your Airbnb, all that, be safe. But, if you skeptical about taking a trip, find some friends that's some like-minded people that also need that trip too. Mm-hmm. Split the expenses, but definitely get away because it's worth it. Like for your mental, for your spiritual, for your physical. Like just being somewhere else 
other than your regular day routine can really just change your overall outlook on life, both on your daily routine and both on your future goals as well. Because just having that trip and coming back, I feel like I'm even more focused than I was before. Right. I was really inspired, especially driving to Yesla. I was <laughs> I was just really inspired to just, you know, do a lot of dope things and keep going with the moves that I'm trying to make now. So that was great. And you, you jumped ahead a little bit with the finals. So, you know, we could we might as well get into that. You know, congratulations to Los Angeles Lakers. Los Angeles motherfucking Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Rondo, the whole gang. Yeah. You know what I mean? We needed that. We did that. It's been some rough years. Even shout out to Kyle Kuzma because a lot of people was hating on him. Shout out to Danny Green. He's still alive because he was getting <laughs> yeah, death yeah. threats for hitting, yeah, <laughs> missing that's, that that's, shot that's in crazy, game five. He, his wife, him and his wife was receiving death threats for missing a shot, bro. Like that, those are the times we're living in. That that's crazy. That that is crazy to me, bro. Like, um, but that's what the first ring in ten years. It's been a while, I man. Think it said 10 Two thousand ten was the last championship that we had. So yes, it has been ten years. Shout out to Kobe Bryant. Rest in yeah, peace. Rest in peace to the black last mama. person to bring us a championship. Right. So I mean, this was big, man. I think the Lakers hopefuls needed that. You know, it's a lot of uh, stands now because LeBron James on the squad. So it's people that. Just love LeBron James as a Lakers fan. Um, the Miami Heat played a good ass, good ass finals. I thought it was gonna be a sweep from a rip. <laughs> so they definitely made it entertaining. I lost a couple dollars on Game Five. <laughs> Yo, Gene, not gonna like you saying that shit was a sweep. You thought it was gonna be a sweep. He gonna be like hell nah. <laughs> but yeah, LeBron got his fourth. He got his fourth ring, and we know immediately. After that finals, the the LeBron and MJ debate just came about it naturally. Came about naturally. Like, naturally. It's just it's crazy how you could be that great of a player that every time you do something great, they comparing you to Mike. They trying to figure out who better is is he better now? Is he up there now? And it's people is mixed it's mixed feelings. You know, NBA players were saying, you know, Paul Pierce was saying like, yo, he right up there now. Other people were saying, yo, he ne- he'll never be touching Mike. Never. And me personally, I don't like to really debate sports like that, but in, in the respect of who's the GOAT, I like to just think that all of them in their primes and in their eras, they're great. I don't really like to pin, you know, each other. And, you know, their their games, now Mike and, Mike and Kobe, their games are pretty similar, but, like, all three of them, I just try to give them their respect. The debate is always going to be there, and in my highly, highly opinion, <laughs> it, it a lot of people might even look at me different for this opinion, but I still have Michael Jordan as the greatest player to ever play the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. Right next to him is Mr. Kobe Bean Bryant at number two, <laughs> and then I have LeBron James. But I do respect LeBron James. Don't get me wrong, yeah. and I appreciate these championships. But when they go to the finals, there's a certain – level of competition that you have to garnish to really bring it home for your teams. And when you go to the finals six times and you win every time you went there, mm-hmm. it's something about you, bro. Like, right. you you just different at that point. Like, right. it's something about you that you're – and you're the finals MVP every time. Right. Let's put it like that. Right. So there's no – nobody else is doing better than you but you. Right. LeBron shot at me as four finals MVP. I heard Kendrick Perkins talk another day. He said he only had three. He's lying. My boy got four of them damn things. Yeah. So let's just put that out there, first of all. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about this bubble situation, though. And that's one thing that I do want to discuss because this finals was really important to LeBron. Now, when you think about the NBA bubble, and shout out to David Stern. I mean, that's said David Stern. God damn. Rest in <laughs> peace. Hell, nigga. Adam Silver. Showing your age. Showing my age, right? Adam Silver, God, for, for allowing this to even happen. Like, I feel like. The reason Danny Green was even receiving death threats like this is because people was bored. They won't got <laughs> shit going on right yeah. now but to watch sports and watch the finals and watch basketball. Yeah. And Lakers fans are probably the most passionate fans you're ever going to meet yeah. in life. But the whole bubble experience was similar to like an AAU experience like everybody had described it. Where you out there, no family, just you and your teammates just balling, mm-hmm. just hooping. Every day ball. You know what I'm saying? Your only focus out there 
is ball. So that's a completely different experience. And we talking about multi-millionaire athletes that go home at the end of the uh, end of a usual day and getting massages, getting the ice bath, right. getting whatever the hell they need to make them feel good after a game, and they're not exposed to that while in this bubble. Right. So it was extremely different. Michael Jordan, at a, at a point in time, they said during one of the NBA Finals, he went to the casino to relieve some stress. <laughs> we could, the problem them couldn't yeah. relieve no type of stress at the casino or nothing like that through this bubble experience. Yeah. They had what they had. They had shitty food, mm-hmm. shitty rooms, and they had to live with it. This was a tough ass NBA Finals. That, but that is like you said, and I'm glad you said that because that was my next thing. You know, the debate that I will open up is. I believe that this is arguably one of the hardest championships ever in history. And it just so happened that LeBron won it. So, and I was arguing with a coworker about this and he, his response was, you know, why was it hard? And I broke down the bubble, the pandemic, you know, social injustice that was going on during this time. They even was about to stop. Yeah. The the Lakers was one of the teams that wanted to stop. Let's put that out there. Yeah. They wanted to stop playing because of the injustice. Yes. Mid-season. Mid-season. So, and, and the, the person I was talking to, they was just like, what does that have to do with basketball? It has, like, what does that have to do? And it's funny because the day after that, a New York Times article came out. I mean, an L.A. Times sports article came out saying that nearly 100 days in the NBA's bubble took a toll on players and coaches. Now, even though the bubble was a, a success – and a champion was crowned, the experience alone with the isolation and just having that different experience for the players and everybody else that was involved with the bubble, the analysts, the coaching, all the staff, the cooks, all those people, it took a toll on a lot of individuals. And that's where I was coming from as far as it being the hardest championship to win because they still have to entertain us. Because this is all entertainment for us at the end of the day. At the end of the day. Like, right. they getting paid for it. But, like, a lot of the players, they were agreeing to do it because they know that a lot of us still want to watch basketball. And that was major for me. That's commendable for me to, to applaud all of the players, no matter, you know, who it was. I don't care if you ain't even win, you know, a playoff game. You know, just to be out there during all, this, all these times – to to entertain us, that's commendable. That's that's really like commendable. And you know, back to my point, I just think that this was definitely one of the hardest championships in history. Kobe, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, any player you want to name, they never had to go through what they had, what these players had to go through this year. Period. And you know, y'all could. Whatever debate y'all want to have as far as that, just take that in first. Take that in and and put yourself in their shoes, you know, being as though all these things that are going on in the world. And when the pandemic first happened, us as regular people was losing our mind. We was losing our minds. People Mm -hmm. was losing it. Like, we didn't know what was going on. And these players still had to perform at the highest level (laughs) to entertain so. And, the, and one of the biggest mental things that we had was just that 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 feeling of being confined, having to be home or having not able to leave the state. These we talk about NBA players that could just hop on a jet and go to you know what I'm saying Paris, France for lunch if they really wanted to. Right. <laughs> just because like right. you have to think about that. So this I agree. This is definitely one of the hardest NBA championships that you will ever see. Twenty right. twenty was probably one of the hardest years I ever had to live in yeah. in my young adult life. And I could just imagine a lot of these majority stars, like me and Anthony Davis are the same age. Yeah. I could just imagine being happened to stay there. Like they didn't have no choice. And they did it for, of course, the money, for the respect of the fans, to put on a show. But during these times where we're watching cops kneeling on our neck, recorded videos and things like that, how do you think they feel as black people – putting on these types of shows and entertaining. Right. LeBron spoke on it a lot. Lakers, like I said, was one of the teams that didn't want to continue the season. So just to push through having no COVID-19 cases in this bubble and to mentally finish out, 
you just gotta applaud those guys, man. This was definitely something serious, right. and this probably was the hardest NBA championship anybody would ever got. So shout out to LeBron for that one, man. Yeah, man. Shout out to you know LeBron, and most importantly, shout out to Adam Silver uh, for just providing this solution. You know that all the other sports haven't really been able to to tackle with COVID, and it worked. You know, in the beginning, they had, a, a, you know, the cases and all that stuff, but it was at a point in time where that stopped, and it, it continued on stopping through the finals. Like, it didn't – nobody had a case, you know, so that was something that was very impressive. They were they were very strategic on their moves with that. Um, one thing that did, you know, kind of rub me the wrong way – in the beginning of October, uh, Adam Silver, he announced that they were going to remove Black Lives Matter uh, from the courts uh, next season. And my initial thought was, why why remove it? You know, it's still social injustice going on. You know, everything that was going on in the bubble is, is, is still going on. And when a new season starts... You know, sad to say, it's probably still going to continue. So why, you know, remove the Black Lives Matter? To me, it seems like it's more of appeasing other people. It's more about, you know, not offending people that really just want to watch basketball and don't want to see Black Lives Matter on the court. So at that point, we have to try to question and interpret what is the intention behind removing it. Is it about black lives mattering or is it about not offending the other side? So that's that's something that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, But it it is what it is. We have to deal with that because he is the commissioner. He's going to make the decision at the end of the day. But. That's just a thought that I had uh, about that. I don't think it should be removed either. Um, The Black Lives Matter and just the NBA season happening was kind of a staple of this season. You know, it kind of gave the players something to push forward to, gave the players something to play for. You know, we're playing for injustices, but we're representing us as black men. Let's be honest, the league is majority black talent. (laughs) Facts. <laughs> when it comes to the NBA, facts. the best players are black people. So they're the loudest voices, and they're going to be the ones where all the eyes are on. So Adam Silver, you know, he looked out, and this was a staple by letting these players express themselves by having Black Lives Matter on back of their jerseys or whatever, peace, you know, equality, whatever they wanted to promote on back of their jerseys. And by putting it on the court, you know, kind of – put the NBA as one of those leagues that were, you know, allowing their players to speak because we know we've seen instances where the commissioner of the NFL did, didn't want their players to kneel or they weren't satisfied mm-hmm. with, with players speaking out. And we yeah. didn't see that when it came to the NBA. Yeah. We, we thought Adam so respected it. To, to see him now wanting to remove it, it really doesn't make a sense because it's not going to change. Yeah. This is not going to be something that's going to be overnight. Yeah. The next NBA season is about to happen prompto, <laughs> probably within the next couple of months. So the cops aren't going to start killing us. We still have recordings. Like right. Things are still going on. And I think letting people make a stand and making that stand initially, there's, you're kind of reneging now by trying to take that shit away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, What's the purpose? Leave it on the floor. Let us play. You have a black league. <laughs> Let us represent what we represent. Right. Straight like that. And it's it's still about educating, you know, like the whole Black Lives Matter was just to bring awareness to people that feel like they don't matter. And I think it's important to keep bringing that awareness and for people of other cultures to educate themselves. And I think that we have to be involved in that process as well. But you have to do that yourself too and want to make that that move as a a non-black person and I'm, I'm sure that there are black people out there that you know just like uncle ruckus from the boondocks you know so it's like we're not it's not like black people aren't included in this but it's just like at the same time 
people from the other side of, of other walks of life have to be educated. Taking it away, it kind of just breezes by it and just removes what's going on in the world. And it's like, all right, let's focus on basketball now. So I just, you know, want to keep that in mind. Of course, nobody's listening to this. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I hope somebody could send this to Adam Silver. But um, <laughs> Facts. but but yeah, that's that's all I, I'd have to say on that. Um, in other news, on uh, the thirteenth of October, uh, Apple came out with their you know event that they usually have to announce their uh, newest phones, uh, and they announced six new products. This year, including their first 5G iPhones, a $700 iPhone 12 mini, and a new HomePod mini. Uh, So the iPhone 12 is going to come with four versions. Uh, The iPhone 12 mini, the iPhone 12, the iPhone 12 Pro, and the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Damn, that is a lot. Four phones. They all look pretty much the same to me. Uh, they all look pretty much the same, but the trap is the 5G. If you want 5G, you're going to have to upgrade that phone. So that's kind of how they get you uh, with the 5G. I'm probably going to end up upgrading because I need more space on my phone. So uh, I'm kind of SOL as far as that. But yeah, man, Apple's been kind of behind. Samsung been kicking their ass for a little minute. Uh, that that's my opinion. Uh, it's not. This is not really like a deep dive or something that we we gonna just have an open discussion about. But you know, everybody, you know, for the most part, has an iPhone. People love iPhones, so I think it was just important to just announced at the event because i'm sure everybody doesn't know that they had this event and in, in the iphones coming out their stock hasn't really done too much movement after this event and usually during these events like this like their stock starts booming uh a lot of people were kind of saying like this is a this is a, a long-term investment if you want to invest in apple this is kind of a long term not to really take that risk with um just betting on that because of this Apple event. Uh, so yeah, that's that was really all I, I really have with that. I don't, I don't really see them losing any sales really because people love iPhones. People love upgrading their phone, regardless if the phone still looks the same. So that's that's what it's gonna be. The phones basically do look the same though, bro. Yeah. <laughs> if you do look at it. Yeah. The 11 Pro, they basically just came out with new colors and called that shit the 12 Pro. For real. <laughs> it's, it's supposedly, with the Pro Max, a bigger display. Um, I'm an iPhone user. I fuck with the interface. I, I the most of it. I think that's what a lot of people like iPhone 4. It's just, it's different from the whole Samsung interface. It's unique to itself. When you have an iPhone, it's like a Tesla. You know it's an iPhone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, there's no underface that's going to compare it to it. Yeah. The the Samsung is going to try to replicate it however it can, but it's never going to be an iPhone when it yeah. comes down to it. So they have to, you know, release these models every year because, like you said, the Apple stocks are not really steadily increasing. But just for showmanship, they have to keep, you know, releasing these models as the years go by. But yeah. I don't know, bro. I don't think I'm about to upgrade. I'm gonna stick. I'm a, I, I, and, and y'all, I'm cheap, so don't don't listen to me. <laughs> I, I just upgraded from the iPhone six like a couple months ago and shit. So I'm gonna probably have this eleven until like <laughs> until about 2025, something like that. <laughs> but we know we do know that Apple is great on gassing, you know, their newest products to make it seem like it's a big difference from what you have. So, you know, that was something that was just funny to me that they're so consistent with that. Um The marketing yeah. is great. Let's put it out let's put that out there. The marketing for Apple is always gonna be yeah, great. Yeah. And they're always gonna appeal, especially young people that just want a fucking iPhone or a, a Apple device. Like right. they're trying to lead the way. But you got 
honestly, and I was even thinking about switching over to another type of phone because Samsung, like you said, really been kind of doing a thing. So I'm curious to, as as what these uh, uh, iPhone 12 reviews gonna look like. It looked the same phone as the iPhone <laughs> as the 11. I ain't gonna lie to you, it looked the same. But the prices are the same too, and and this with this phone, they're not including a charger. Wow. So this they're not giving you a charger with this phone, and the prices still like the price point is pretty much still the same. I think it's maybe for one of the phones it's a hundred dollars less, but other than that, it's like the same exact price so it's like I, I don't i don't know you know what their process is as far as if they're gonna eventually try to make the phones cheaper because it's already been public information how how much it actually is or how much it how much it, it costs them to make the phones overseas so that that is kind of the profit margin with that is super wide so I don't know whether they're going to try to make the phones more affordable. But regardless, people are still going to buy them. So I get why they, you know, still wouldn't um, lower the prices. So the the iPhone uh, 12 Pro and the 12 Pro Max is going to start with uh, 128 gigs of storage. The, uh, one tw- the iPhone 12 Pro will also start at 9.99 and will be available to pre-order on October 16th and will start shipping October 23rd. The iPhone 12 Pro Max will start at $1,099 and will be available to pre-order on November 6th for shipping on November 13th. So if you're excited for iPhones, excited for new releases... There you go. There you have it. No apology got you. We're going <laughs> to gonna let y'all know what's hit. So just listen out. You'll get that advice. <laughs> and kind of kind of veering off where we're kind of everywhere, but this is kind of in, in chronological order. In the culture news, no pun intended, Cardi B released a... Uh, a topless nude recently and it was a weird you know weird exchange from the social media to the people that received the picture you know the horn the horny people were oh i'm trying i'm trying to see them titties i'm trying oh <laughs> they look nice and uh on the other side it was a lot of people body shaming um just saying the most outrageous things. She also, she she said that it was an accident. She didn't mean to post it. Uh, her reasoning for posting it, she said that she thought that, well, she was, she bust her lip or some, her, her lip was swollen and she was on the phone with Offset and was trying to show him a picture of what her lip looked like. But when she took the picture, she accidentally sent it on her story <laughs> so that was just crazy and like her being as big as she is it only take about you know two seconds to you Go know viral. Get that shit. and i didn't even know it's funny because i i was the day that it came out one of my uh my my little bro shout out my bro ramiz and he was like yo you heard about whatever cardi you know that she released a nude or whatever and he was gassing it up on some you know funny shit or whatever and he showed when he showed me the picture, my response was, Ew, that that's nasty. <laughs> and you know, when I I had a I had a another conversation with a female about it, just tell like telling how, how to about current event, I like to involve females. Like before I talk on a podcast, certain things I would I like to talk about and get like a a, a female perspective on certain things. So when I when I said what I said to him, saying it to a female, it didn't really it didn't really resonate the same as when I was joking with uh, my bro, and I was a hundred percent wrong for that. And the men and women that were online body shaming and you know asking you know 
why her, why her titties look like that and shit like that. She she also responded to those people saying, you know, as far as her breastfeeding and her during her preg- her pregnancy, her body changes and that's something normally that happens with women. Their body changes and stuff like that. So of course we want to respect that and we want to respect um all of the changes that happens with women and we want that to be universal with all women not celebrities or regular women but all women and when i was trying to before i figured out why she posted it when i was doing my research after that i had saw the live on Twitter, like somebody recorded her live, <laughs> and she as she was explaining what I said about the busted lip situation. Wow! And as I was watching the live, right, I see a familiar name in the comments. Mind you, it's not my own like page. I'm not watching it from my page where like you see people in the comments that you follow. I'm watching it from somebody else that recorded it. Yeah. And I see my little brother in the comments wow. on the live. <laughs> Your little Being brother, my little brother, talking wow. funny. I'm like, yo, and I had to double check. I'm like, what are the odds of that type bruh, shit? <laughs> I'm like, yo, this nigga could go viral right now, bro. Like, and and I'm not gonna say what he said because that's <laughs> not that's not important. That's not it doesn't matter. But the point is, I saw what he said, and I'm the type of person, you know, I'm not I'm not the type to. I have a lot of people that are younger than me, even older than me, or the same age as me. I'm always the type of person that gives game. I like to give now. I like to help, like 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 men in general. And in that moment, when I saw my little brother say what he said, I initially the the first thing I did was hit him up. Yo, bro, how you doing? Check with him and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, facts. But I told him, you know, don't you know you don't you want to watch what you say on the internet, basically, you know. Say what you want to say in public. I mean, in, in private with your friends, if you want to joke or whatever. But in public, when you're saying things in public, you're giving people the room to come at you and, you know, criticize you. And well, sure. that's my little brother. So I know he I know he don't mean no harm, but other people don't feel like that. And I wouldn't want to have to take it there with somebody trying to, you know, disrespect or come crazy at my little brother and he only 15 so i didn't i didn't come at him like you know he's he's a a a fool or anything like that i i simply just gave him the little game and i think that's important to you know when we when we decide that we want to educate people on things if they feel like they don't know to to do that you know do that and and be respectful when doing that. I didn't make my little brother feel bad, and I love my little brother dearly. I know he's a jokester at the end of the day, so I know his intentions, but it's just about correcting respectfully. So yeah, I just I think that all the people that were out there, you know, body shaming that that shit is corny. Y'all y'all obviously haven't seen enough titties <laughs> in y'all life. That's a fact. And yeah, it's people for me when I when I made the comment. I personally, you know, it was a lack of better terms on my behalf saying, like, ill, that's nasty. But for me, and as us as humans, whether it's men or women, like, you know, when you when you see a woman, you already envision what she might look like when she naked. Yeah. Like that, like you said, bro, it's acting like you've never seen a titty before. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. growing up, you see titties sometimes, you ain't want to see titties. Like, yeah, hey, get that shit out of my face. Yeah. It was kind of like one of those, like, you ain't really want to see it, but yeah. it was like, you know what I'm saying? It was there. It wasn't what I thought that it would look like. Exactly. But now we're talking about Cardi B, though. Cardi B, shout out <laughs> to my boy Offset. Yeah. But Cardi B was a stripper, bro. Yeah. Like, it's, it's people that done seen Cardi B titties. Way before her titties been posted on the internet. Yeah. And Cardi B even said it herself, like, I didn't really think it was a big deal. Like, I've seen my titties before. Yeah. They look different now because, yes, she is a mother now. She admitted to being to be breastfeeding. So that's going to change what, what a woman's titty going to look like. And overall, that's going to change what a woman's body looks like after a child. So let's first let's put, out, put that out there. Yeah. For all the women that had children before, your body does go through some changes, especially if you're breastfeeding. Yeah. So all them horny bastards <laughs> again that was looking for the perfect titty yeah. from Cardi B, <laughs> you played yourself because yeah. 
She's a mother. Yeah. She breastfed. It's not gonna be a perfect titty. Right. Her areolas or whatever the fuck you want to call it. <laughs> he said areolas. They're not gonna be the same. The area, you feel the areola. Me? Areolas. You feel <laughs> me? They ain't gonna be perfect. We're talking about a whole mother right now. Yeah. Like in the past, it probably you probably had a whole different cardi. First out of surgery, <laughs> whatever yeah. the fuck it was, like right. body real done, looking nice. But now it's gonna be a little different. I don't th- I don't find it as a surprise because again, although she's a a big you know star now rapper and whatever the case may be, she comes from humble beginnings. Yeah. <laughs> like she's a real one. Right. She knows she used to strip. She know her bodies are probably all over the damn internet. Right. Like it's probably not gonna take y'all two minutes to find the picture. You feel me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're gonna find it. It's, it's out there. Like it's Cardi B we talking about. Right. But. Man, what more so I I just kinda wanna comment on is the fact that and I don't know if you've seen it, bro, how she was bouncing my man offset, you feel me? Like it was videos of her celebrating her birthday, but oh, celebrating yeah. with offset and after everybody they, after they said that because we talked about that too. Yeah, we kinda touched divorced. on it. Yeah, they supposed to be divorced, yeah. but and this just kinda goes in not even just like a marriage or divorcee, but Women that still kind of choose to deal with their ex or supposed ex after a breakup, right? Yeah. And this is something that happens often, and people on social media was kind of like, oh, she going to do all that. She's still not going to take them back. Why do you think that, though? <laughs> like, she must still fuck with board, though, yeah. in my honest opinion. If they having a good time and she's enjoying her birthday and she chose him to be there, there was still hope for their marriage slash relationship. Whatever the case may be. What well, do you think about that? She, I mean, she spoke on that. And I'm actually glad you brought that up because I, I wasn't going to talk about that. But she responded to that and she kept it a thousand. She <clears throat> said, like, I do like material things. And what do you want me to do? The nigga, well, I'm going to quote this. It's her <laughs> words. It's not my words. She, quote, she said, I do like material things. What do you want me to do? The nigga gave me a Rolls Royce and I snub him. And I really wanted some dick for my birthday. Wow. End quote. That's what she said. She kept it a thousand. And it's plenty of girls out here that move the same exact way. So, you know, y'all could come like, oh, she dumb. Why would she do that? But we kind of act like celebrities aren't regular people. Regular people at the like, end of the day. Like, they regular ass people at the end of the day. They just got more money than you. That's it. Or so, fame. Yeah, Shit. more money and fame. That's it. That's it. You know, you got to just take into account that. We don't know their relationship. We don't know the ins and outs. We don't know, you know, although there's, you know, rumors of him consistently cheating, we don't know <clears throat> what she does as far as the flaws that she has. So with them both having their own flaws, it doesn't mean that, you know, they can't still work th- work things out. Who who are we to judge? There's, there's relationships that I'm sure that, we've been in and the people that are listening to this now that you've been in now that you don't think that it may have been for you at the time but you gave people the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. or you gave people chances because you love them or you care about them so i don't think it's fair for people to try to come at her for you know just keeping it a thousand like that's real shit and she don't have to really tell y'all every single thing like that's something that I, you know, I wouldn't want her to do. Like she don't have to explain every single thing. That but that's that's Cardi B. Like she going to explain herself, you feel me? But I, you know, I really want want her to do that just because like you inviting people to know every single thing. Like so now we know why y'all talking again. Like mm-hmm. you could have just left that up to suspicion and speculation, but now we know and then you giving people the openness to criticize that now. So it's like regardless, being on the internet, it's like either way, be damned if you do, be damned if you don't. Like people going to have their own criticisms. And, you know, although, you know, you may not agree with what she does, still be respectful. And even though if you do disagree, that doesn't mean that you don't respect her, but just be able to respectfully disagree with her move. You don't have to talk about her character or try to ruin her as a woman you know because the, it was women that was that was you know coming crazy at her and i'm sure like i said they've been in them shoes same situations <laughs> same respectfully situation. i mean respectfully so yeah the, the situation was just crazy 
you know, I got I got caught up in, you know, the the uh the body shaming, just using the lack of better terms. That's something that I had to, you know, know and I I was checked uh by a female with that. So I think it's just important to, you know, understand how certain words and certain things that we say about women affects them. But also on the flip side, with niggas, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's possible for, for, for men to be body shamed as well, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. And what women don't know is that the same, you know, kind of high stature that they hold them their bodies to or their morales to is – we do the same shit. <laughs> like we focus just as well on our overall appearance, just as women do. So any type of body shaming that comes our way, that shit still hits a certain type of sting that we also feel as well. You know what I mean, bro? Like I don't know about you, but personally, nigga, you got, nigga, you, you got a little ass dick. And pause, that's just, pause, no, that's just going down to it. You feel yeah, me? I mean, something that you were naturally born with, you can't change. Can't change it, bro. That's the that's a, the go to for a lot of women, you know. And that's men. We can't really be that soft and be like, damn, like why are you body shaming me? Like, not to take away from the women being body shamed, but you know, just as a whole entirely, we just gotta respect each other and every everything, you know, tends to be a men versus women thing and it's just so important to understand that even though you try to make things and not you personally whoever's listening to this but even though we try to make things women versus man we need each other we do that's, that's that's a fact we need each other like we we can't continue on with trying to make everything separated and divisive and versus each other it's it's just not going to work as a collective we have to be able to talk to each other educate each other on things we don't know respectfully you know and be open to it be open to be criticized be open to not knowing that's another thing a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that they don't know things <clears throat> so when you get criticized it's like damn why are you coming at me like that but if you acknowledge that you don't know something you have no choice but to listen. Mm-hmm. You have no choice but to learn. So just being open to learning, you know, about things that you don't know is also very important. That's all I really have to say about that. What what, what else on on that topic? Um, I mean, that's pretty much it was that topic. Um, body shaming is never cool. <laughs> right. Everybody is going to have their opinions. Uh, it's always going to happen, especially for celebrities. Moving on now. You want you want to get into this ice cube shit? We can get into this ice cube shit. We almost at an hour. We can get into it. We can I don't it. care. We, we, we at the ice cube shit. That's what kind of top it off with because we didn't really get a chance to talk too much about our debate episode. The episode was unreleased in a sense. All right. So now when it comes to the ice cube shit, let me just kind of bring it back a little bit more for you people that just don't know what the hell is even going on. The Democratic Party. We got Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. On the Republican side, you got your boy Donald Trump and you got Mike Pence. Now, as far as the Ice Cube shit goes and what we're actually referring to when we say the Ice Cube shit is that it's been talks recently on social media about Ice Cube's involvement with Trump's supposed platinum plan. Now, the platinum plan is a plan in reference to how... Both parties can come into uh, a plan more so for the black communities, for the black people, black America, as like mm-hmm. uh, as uh, Ice Cube describes it. Mm-hmm. Now, from the very beginning, Ice Cube does state that he did present these plans to both parties, the Republicans and the Democrats. The Democrats said they were more so making a move after the election. The Republicans chose to take. Uh, Ice Cube's thoughts into, into consideration and put it together with their so-called platinum plan. Mm-hmm. Now, this is this little bit that we got from Ice Cube, you know, in reference to how he addressed the situation. And there was a little bit of, not nah, wouldn't, wouldn't say backlash, but comments, of course, from the black community as far as what Ice Cube's actual involvement actually was with the Republicans. Because, of course, the Republicans used Ice Cube's name as into Ice Cube supporting Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. 
And what he basically was saying is that that wasn't a full case. But just listen a little bit of this. Greatly overstated your involvement for the purpose of them being able to say, we have attached ourselves to Ice Cube. Did you believe that you, that you were used politically for their purposes as opposed to really what happened? Look, I knew whoever I engaged with would use that politically. I don't care about that part. The part I care about is getting something done. Look, my plan is called the contract with black America. So all of them lacking when it comes to that. So that's what I'm pushing. So anybody who's going to implement those plans into their plan, then um, I'm going to take a look at it. But both plans are lacking, and that's why we become educated voters for real. And then you pick who you want to pick. Um, but at the end of the day, for us not to engage uh, with, with both sides of the aisle to fix this, which I think is an American problem, um, that to me ain't going to help us in the end. Uh, what's going to help us is once we you know, realize how much power we have. And and just one thing I want to say right now, and I don't know if you guys kind of heard that, comprehended it, interpreted it, however you did. But what I'm getting at right now is Ice Cube is trying to provide a voice to the voiceless. And he's trying to speak up for those of us that have not spoken, talk for those talk. of us that have not stated a word of how we feel we should be treated. Talk your talk. And if nobody says something... How do we expect anything to be done? So the man stated he's willing. Of course, that's going to come with it. But he's willing to 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 say for us, for the voiceless who are not saying anything, a plan that can help out black America in whole. I have no you know, judgment towards that. One thing I do want to highlight, though, is that a lot of young voters do not know who their candidates are. They haven't watched the debate. They're not even sure what the politics is. And at this day and time, the most important thing that we could do now is get, excuse me, is get out and vote. Get out and vote. Get your friends to vote. Get your family to vote. But know what the fuck you voting for. Know what these candidates represent. Know what, what they're standing by. Not just to say because Ice Cube has a voice in it, go vote for Trump now. But know what this plan is about. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, Facts. know what he's aiming towards us. If you're black, this is affecting you. This is affecting your future, your kids, whatever the case may be. So we just all have to be knowledgeable of what's going on. I, I definitely agree. And part of what Ice Cube said was something I had also said previously in a private conversation that I had with somebody just about, and Ice Cube said it was a problem that he sees with America. But I'm not really concerned too much about America. I'm really concerned about black people. So the problem that I have with black people is that, you know, a lot of us kind of focus on personality when it comes to politics. And politics is really a popularity contest anyway. But it's like we don't, in, in my in my opinion... I think that you should focus on who's talking about what you want to hear. You know, who whose things are aligned with what you what you your 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 ideals and your morals. You shouldn't not listen to one party because and I'm not saying this with the current administration because everybody knows and feels how they feel about Donald Trump. But just generally speaking, we should be able to listen to the one party and listen to another party and then make a decision to to on on which candidate aligns with what our morals morals are and and what we're trying to accomplish as a people. I just believe that a lot of times we're too consumed with the person, the personality and and I'm not saying that with Donald Trump we don't we're not within our right to feel how we feel about him, but I'm saying just in general when you do business with people, at some point, you're going to probably do business with somebody you don't like. But it's, it, it mutually benefits both of y'all. You may not like them as a person, but business-wise, it works. So transferring that to politics, 
You may not like the person, and this is not about Donald Trump. I'm saying in general. You may not like the person, <clears throat> but if they are talking about things that work for you as a person, then you vote for them. Period. You know, it's not a thing about, oh, they're not they're not on the party that, you know, I support or things like that. Because at that point, we're just putting people in, in office based off of personality. And I think even with Obama, like Obama being black, I don't think a lot of black people questioned or held Obama accountable for things because he was black. I don't think a lot of people, you know, questioned things that he didn't do because he was black, period. And it's like if we held him more accountable for things, a lot of things probably would have been, you know, different you know he did do a lot and i think that's another thing that i noticed with donald trump's campaign and his run as president a lot of things that he thinks that he's done for black community obama had already laid out the carpet for him so he's kind of like not really doing much he don't have a lot of work to do reaping the benefits (laughs) yeah so um i think it's really important to just understand and even to see people come at ice cube like ice cube <laughs> How black can you get? <laughs> ice cube. We're talking about ice man. cube. Like, what? What? What do people expect him to do? What? What do you expect anybody else to do that has solutions? Do you just want them to just ignore the current administration that's in office? Because they could have did this at any point. But I think what Ice Cube saw the 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 election and like the debates between the individual parties. I think that's when he initially spoke when the Democrats had their candidate candidate uh, debate and the Republicans had their debate. He was like, yo, y'all talking about things, but y'all ain't saying what y'all doing for us. <laughs> that's the biggest thing. So that was his cause and effect. It wasn't, yo, I'm trying to support Trump. And I get why people would think that because the news came out like, his one of one of Trump one of the people that was in Trump's administration thanked Ice Cube for his support and you know how the media is they gonna take whatever and run with it that's they just choose to do that I really just think that people should be more critical in their thinking and do solid research and I know it's something hard to expect of people with social media and everybody want to be the first to respond and the first to post and the first to, you know, say something about something. But, you know, analyzing everything and and critically thinking before you just react to things, it's not a bad idea because you don't want to be out there looking stupid just saying something off the wall because what you think based off of a media source. Um... And I, like I said, I just think it's important to take into consideration that nothing has been done and nothing has been going on thus far as far as planning for the black community. And Ice Cube is just taking that upon himself to put something in motion. 2020 has been real. This is probably one of the most you know important elections that we had in quite a long time. Um, we know the type of individual we already currently have as president, all the allegations, the court scandals, shit, Donald Trump may be locked up <laughs> before he even get to be president again, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just a lot of shit going on for us to ignore the fact that our lives matter as black people and our vote matters. Yeah. Our, you know, anticipation to go out into the polls and be involved actually does matter however little you think that it it may have an effect. Um, knowing your candidates is very important because I feel like a lot of times, uh, especially when it comes to politics, young adults don't really take the time to, like you said, do their research and know what's actually going on or what's being addressed. And, you know, we're, we're pressured. We're pressured by older people in our family, older people that have influence on us that's going to tell us what to do. Vote Democrat, vote against Donald Trump, vote against whatever. And let that be something that's important to you as an individual, not just, you know, as, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to vote against. You got to know that this plan that Ice Cube has put in place is to benefit us as black people, not to 
support another administration that's going to backlash us because when it comes down to it, yes, we have a vote. Yes, we have a voice. But you notice it's shit that's out of our control. It's shit that they could do. And when I say they, we know who we talking about, that they could do to overturn whatever the fuck we do. So if that's going to be the case, at least let us have something as a backup plan. Mm -hmm. At least let us have our voice out there for things that are out of our control. So, you know, I appreciate it. If you haven't got a chance to take a look at the plan yet, definitely take a look at the plan. Um, We talked about a lot this damn podcast. We dropped a lot of jewels, a lot of gems on you guys. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, This was a a good one. I'm excited, man. I'm excited, Shaq. I think we got a good thing going. We're going to definitely keep them coming, y'all. We did take a little brief hiatus, but they're going to keep coming. Right. And we're going to... Continue to stay consistent as possible with this. And don't be afraid to share the the, the podcast with, you know, your friends, your family, you know, because we, we're really trying to, you know, be heard and we we trying to expand this thing and we will expand this thing eventually. But, you know, don't hide the information. You know, if you enjoy what we're saying and do do your own research, too, when you think that we're saying these things. Go offline and, and, and do your own research to see what we're talking about. And, you know, like I said, just don't hide information. You know, if you, you know, enjoy what we're saying and enjoy these things, you know, share it with people. You know, share share it to, you know, your your people that might, you know, be unaware or or un, uneducated on the things that we speak on in these episodes. Because I guarantee you that. One of these episodes is going to gravitate towards you and you're going to learn something in one of these episodes. And that was our plan from the beginning, you know, just to have the funny moments in it, but still be able to give you all those gems, you know, give you all something to be able to take with you and educate the next person. So, you know, with that being said, you know, this is the No Apology Podcast, man. You know, I appreciate my brother Chris being here. Appreciate being here, man. We we in it. We're going to keep striving, keep thriving, and keep 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 us on the lookout. Subscribe. Make sure your friends, yes. families, Subscribe. everybody know about it. Yes. Get the word out there because we some young brothers just, you know, trying to motivate the culture, and we spitting our, spitting our facts unapologetically. You already know. Facts. All right. See y'all later, man. Peace.